This week's podcast brought to you by Flatbed Floppers. I've been enjoying the baseball postseason, as you know, Rebecca, but I've struggled to get the kids to uh, share my enjoyment. And uh, I found myself uh, the other night during one of the series, the game was probably three and a half hours, four hours long. As one of them was retreating from the room as I tried to get uh, her to watch, I said, uh, just wait till next year. The bases are going to be slightly wider. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. We're recording this on a Wednesday, and just about an hour ago, there was a knock at the door. The dogs were going crazy, and it was UPS with large, heavy box. And uh, the UPS guy usually leaves stuff outside, but he said, um, this says it requires refrigeration. So I, I just want to let you know. And I opened it up, and of course, it was the annual Great Pumpkin uh, delivery from Great George and Columbus. Of 2022. The Great Pumpkin of 2022, George and Columbus. Uh, has uh, blessed us with another amazing jack-o'-lantern in our likeness, this one of uh, American Gothic. You are um, the the prim grandmother in the 50 uh, smock, and I'm the uh, I'm holding a pencil in place of a pitchfork with a monocle. I so. mean, the creativity of the design itself, even if it was just a sketch on a piece of paper, would be incredible. But the creativity of the drawing then etched onto a pumpkin is is ridiculous. That's amazing. So, George, thank you so much. Uh, that How many uh, years is this now? Is this four? Four or five, yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. Well, it's crazy, yeah, but it's... it's it's. I mean, crazy, amazing. Thank you. And, and, and crazy, crazy, but it's, it's awesome. <laughs> we love it. Thank you, George. Um, Rebecca, you had some... Something you were going to say? I don't know. Before no, I, I just had, I've had some travels um, yesterday morning. So Tuesday morning, I, I woke up at 4.15 a.m., headed off to the airport uh, to fly to San Francisco for Pac-12 Media Day. And I actually, I'm going to have to check the results because I put a poll up on Twitter and my personal Twitter handle um, because I, I got to the airport, parked the car, went through security. Line wasn't too long at TSA Pre. What time is this? Uh, right before 5 a.m. Walked to my gate. And when I got to the gate, not only were they already boarding, but they had already pre-boarded. Whoever pre-boards, they'd already boarded first class. I got there for they were boarding comfort. And uh, and so the poll I put out on Twitter was, um, is this perfect timing? You don't waste a second, but uh, or is this cutting it too close? Because, of course, if I had had issues parking the car. Or if I had issues getting through security, there the only, was a good chance I would have missed my flight. You only cut it too close if you missed your flight. If right. you walked onto the flight, that's the dream. That's... And, and, and when I got on, there was still overhead uh, bin space for my bag. Um, I was feeling really good about it. It, it. Parking was a challenge. I had to park between two enormous um, pickup trucks and um, 
because it was one of the few spots left where I wanted to park. So, and it was one of those ones where I had to put my the side mirrors in. The only way to yeah. park was with the mirrors can, in. Can I just interject that I was in Florida over the weekend and uh, at Publix, the big grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, looking for a parking space. There was the um, there were the the handicapped parking near the door, mm-hmm. and next to those spaces were empty spaces uh, marked reserved for pickups. Not picking up your groceries, but for pickup trucks. They have special space. If those reserved for pickups should be far spaces. Shouldn't you would think be so. Close spaces. Um, that's interesting. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, well, this was Florida. Up here. Right. Exactly. Um, so went out, went to Pac-12 Media Day, uh, sitting there, out to San Francisco. Out to San Francisco. Go to the Pac-12 network um, offices and the Pac-12 offices. And there's a press conference during the UCLA press conference. Corey Close, their head coach, is talking, a couple of their student athletes. And then a uh, one of the reporters asks a question and he said, um, I'm going to ask you to repeat your answer to whatever he said because I was um, distracted by the earthquake, the magnitude 5.0. I think it was a 5.0 earthquake. And I was sitting there. Uh, so my first earthquake, although I don't know if it counts because I didn't feel it, I was in San Francisco in a room where other people felt an earthquake, and I didn't feel it. Well, it was it made the news. Yeah, yeah. So earthquake, Pac-12 Media Day. I love going to Pac-12 Media Day. The, the coaches are wonderful. The the players are great. They're super welcoming. I enjoy being there. It's a good place to learn some stuff. And uh, and then nine o'clock, I was on my red eye headed. Uh, headed back east so it was a total of 10 hours in uh in california but a very productive 10 hours pac-12 media day a good place to learn some stuff (laughs) a good place to learn some stuff i did i learned some good things um and uh i have to say this when i flew through detroit to get there and from detroit to san francisco it's about a four-hour flight sitting in the aisle and the guy in the window, um, I don't know if he had small bladder syndrome. I don't if there is such a SBS. thing. SBS? Yeah. He, he wasn't boozing. He was just drinking orange juice. But um, if you're going to be in a window seat, I think on a four-hour flight once, it's reasonable once to get up to use the restroom. But he had to get up multiple times. And um, the first time, it was a little bit annoying because we had finally gotten up to our cruising altitude. And I got out like my little makeup kit because I hadn't put my makeup on it for something in the morning before I left for the airport. But I needed to have something on my face for media day. And as I get out the kit and start like opening it up, that's when, of course, he needs to use the restroom. Now, now then, had, had he solicited a cash bribe from you um, to for World Cup bidding, you, you could say perhaps that he had sep bladder syndrome. <laughs> What's the guy's name again? Sep bladder. Oh, okay. Um, yes. And then uh, and then later on in the flight, and I had my computer out and was doing work, had some chargers out, and there's stuff going on. This is probably like no more than two hours later. Once again, it's like, excuse me, you know, I need to get out. Um, so I think if you're sitting in a window seat, you have to have enough bladder capacity to, um, to only need to use the restroom once. If you need to use it more than that, I think you need to sit in the aisle seat. Do you have any feelings on that? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's 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 um, just common courtesy. 
It's common courtesy. Oh, I can't believe I didn't tell you this. At the airport, walking to my gate where I couldn't have been any more efficient, I'm walking again from TSA towards the gate. And I see this woman and she's walking kind of funny. And I'm trying to figure out why does she, why does she look kind of funny walking? And then I realized she's got like three bags that she's carrying like two purses and one like duffel bag, but all Louis Vuitton, really high end, nice quality bags. But that's not why she's walking funny. She's walking kind of funny because she has um, like grocery bag, like disposable grocery bags over her shoes cinched at the top. And it was a little bit of a moist morning. So I'm assuming she had really expensive shoes on that she didn't want to get wet. And so she put bags over them. But um, she was on my flight, and when I was seated and she came down the aisle, the guy across from me even said to her, I'm admiring your shoes, and she kind of laughed. But wouldn't a better solution be to have different shoes that you wear to the airport, and then when you get where you're going and want to put on your expensive shoes, you do it then? Isn't that a better solution than putting like grocery bags over your shoes? Especially on, and, and what? will become the new name of the podcast, especially on moist mornings. <laughs> well, it was. It wasn't a full out, you know. It's been very moist around here. Yeah, and it, but it wasn't a full out, you know, rainstorm or uh, it was just a moist morning. And um, and I can understand how that might impact your footwear, but this did not seem like the um, most efficient way to preserve um, your design of footwear. That's all I'm saying. I should say, I don't know if we have a ball and chain, a general counsel, but I should say that former FIFA president Sepp Blatter was cleared of corruption charges in, in 2022, by the way. Earlier, we were talking about you arriving at the airport and me seeing a pickup truck parking spots at Publix, which reminds me, when you dropped me at the airport on Friday before I flew to Florida, do you remember what happened? <laughs> yes. I've talked about it a couple times to people. It was unbelievable. Do you want to tell the story or well, should I, I mean, tell the may, story? We, we may have different memories because you dropped me. I got out of the car having just seen what you saw, and I don't think we've talked about it since. We It was... it was. I said, look at this. It was like noon or one o'clock, right? Yes. And um, we, you know, you're trying to find an empty spot at the curb to drop me, and... So I pull up behind this big pickup truck. Big pickup truck with a long flatbed. Tailgate was down. There was a suitcase up against the cab of the of the pickup, right? Yes. It was like a silver whatever. I don't know what brand it was. And there was an an older gentleman. An older gentleman. Wolf, Wilford Brimley-esque. Uh, both feet off the ground on his belly, in the bed of the pickup, trying to reach. Like trying to swim and flop to reach the his luggage. Straining for the suit, for the suitcase. And, and and I thought, is this, did this guy take an Uber and the guy's not helping him? Or, I mean, how is this possible? And then you and I both saw what we assume was the guy's son. Oh, oh that's what it was. We didn't, we pulled up. But we, you didn't get out before we went by the truck. And I said, we've got to see who's driving this thing. And you pull up and, and seated in the, in the driver's seat. Drumming as, his fingers on the wheel, waiting for. It's like, what, a 40-year-old yeah. dude who had to be the guy's had to be. son. So he's 
just sitting there while his father is swimming and flopping <laughs> in, the, in the flatbed of the pickup truck trying to get his rolly bag luggage. I could not believe what I was seeing. It was hysterical and at the same time like a sad commentary. It, it, on- who knows what that relationship was. In fairness to the driver, the son maybe not unlike my, my father, he refused, you know, no, you're not getting out and helping me grab my suitcase. I've got this. But he clearly didn't have it. No, and presumably when they put the suitcase in the truck, it was against the the back of the truck and not against the cab. But either way, there was a man on his belly. Flatbed flopping. Flatbed flopping. Trying to get his suitcase. An older gentleman. While... A much more able-bodied person just sat in the driver's seat, completely uncaring, maybe unaware. I don't uh, know. Certainly indifferent to the to the flatbed flopper. I was excoriated by text uh, last week by one of our viewers who said that um, I don't know that he listens to it at one and a half speed, but but. The brevity of our podcast, which we thought was a, a service to our viewers, he said, barely gave him time to to do the dishes while he was listening. So I, I'm not. So this week's going to be a little longer for those who are well, cleaning up their well, kitchen. I was just going to say we should probably get to viewer mail, but not to make this a shorter podcast, just because we have a lot of viewer mail. And we did we we I don't think we got to it at all last week. Was that right? That's we, right. We yes. left it for this week, yes. so that's why we have more than the usual amount. So. Uh, we'll still give you time to do the dishes, but we'll be you'll be doing the dishes uh, to viewer mail. Shall we, Rebecca? We shall. Big bad look, throw our lure. Reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes from a Bob in Illinois. Bob writes, just listening to your latest episode and your AM radio quandary. I, I mentioned that we couldn't I couldn't find. I can't seem to find uh, AM radio car, yes. on the touchscreen of my car. I'm sure you have already found this out, but regular radio cycles, I believe, regular radio cycles, I believe, through an FM uh, FM two AM sequence. Hope this helps, Bob in Glenview. Uh, I know where Glenview is. Um, I have not found that out. So, so if I hit FM one, what is FM two? I don't know. It's a second. I don't know. Is it is it like it's a, it's, is it like it's an unnecessary step between what your radio is on and where you want it to be? Is, is it but is, Go from is, FM is, to is FM it like double A baseball where where FM one is the big leagues and FM two is triple A? I don't know. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll have to cycle cycle through that. But uh, thank you, Bob, for the uh, AM radio roadmap. Our next viewer mail comes from Allison in uh, Colorado. She uh, is listening out of order to the podcast, but she wants to go back to whenever it was that you wondered about how a person would acquire a rescue donkey. Rebecca, do you remember uh, talking about the acquisition of a rescue Mm -hmm. donkey? I don't, but it sounds like uh, something we would have spent some time on on the podcast. Here is a place, writes Allison, Long Hope's Donkey Shelter in Bennett, Colorado. They have a large operation with lots of donkeys. They have tours, if you're ever in the Bennett area, which is pretty unlikely, and a fairly rigorous process to adopt a donkey. But there you are. There you go, What's Rebecca. It's called Long Hopes? It's called Long Hopes Donkey Shelter. Long Hopes Donkey Shelter. <laughs> For some reason, that just makes me think of sweet uh, 16 candles and long duck right, dog. Right, right. But yeah, Long Hopes Donkey. This is not a paid endorsement, but, but I, I like the sound of 
Long Hope's Donkey Shelter. Me too. Uh, Rachel writes, good day, Rebecca and Steve. We are slowly approaching the most wonderful time of the year. College football, college basketball, postseason baseball, NHL, NFL, NBA, MLS, and NWSL playoffs. On top of all that, I start coaching middle school basketball this week. There's always something to watch and plenty of options. One, email inbox. I'm one that doesn't like having emails and unread notifications. My husband, on the other hand, has thousands of unread emails, and it doesn't bother him one bit. That I, I'm following the latter camp, mm-hmm. Rebecca. I'm in the former. We are to the point that if someone will need to get a hold of either of us via email, I just give them my address. Perfect. I don't like getting emails. Do you think any people actually like getting emails, or they're just sort of a necessity? You, you, you like deleting them, your... right? I guess is yeah, what. Yeah, like. but I would rather not get them. Yeah, sure. Two, bros, bros, and dudes. My teenage sons and all of their friends are officially in the bro, bro phase. Every time one of them calls me bro or bro, I quickly remind them that I am not their bro and never will be. That always earns me a magnificent teenager eye roll. Three. Bruh. Go ahead. Bruh. Bruh. Three, postseason baseball. Steve's Mets, mine, and DGS's Braves, the Dodgers, all did a massive nosedive, ending their year in an absolute unremarkable fashion. For the rest of the postseason, I'm cheering for the Padres and Guardians. Oops. Both of those teams have since been uh, eliminated mm-hmm. since um, since Rachel wrote this. Time for another team to break their World Series drought. As we speak, it's just going to be it's down to the Astros and Phillies um, starting Friday in game one of the World Series. Four. Oh, like every, there's felt like there was so much baseball crammed into this short amount of time. And then, and then they take five they take a week off. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Four, school pictures. Ah, the good old pocket comb from the school photo company. As That's right. The school, the, the company that took the pictures gave you the comb. Isn't, is, it yeah. had their name on it. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, as a middle school teacher, there are days I wish they still handed out those combs because some of the kids would benefit from using it before their photo. When I was in elementary school, my mom always hoped my class had pictures before recess. Um, if I had a recess before pictures, it was a guarantee that my hair would be a mess and my clothes askew. There was nothing that would deter me from playing sports at school. Good. Not even picture day. Five. Celebrity Jeopardy question. Once again, Rebecca, you were part of a Jeopardy answer. Rebecca, did you were you aware of this? Yeah, because somebody texted well, the, here's me. Well, here's that. a photo of it. We got next with the slogan of this league when it debuted in 1997 with stars like Lisa Leslie and Rebecca Lobo. How cool. That was just recently on... on on Celebrity Jeopardy. Is that right? Sounds like. Yes. Um, interesting. Six, a question for DGS. This is from Rachel, DGS. My family will be in the Atlanta, in Atlanta. She writes the Atlanta, which I kind of like. In the Atlanta, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I'm craving some good hot chicken. We are fans of Hattie B's, but is there a better option? Where do we need to go to get the best hot chicken in the ATL? Thanks for the quips, laughs, and entertainment. All my best as you enter the season of melting meats. Rachel in Idaho. Rachel, thank you. Hot the chicken. Of- does she mean like spicy hot chicken or does she mean temperature hot chicken? I'm assuming temperature hot chicken. No, no, no. Is no, hot chicken not. a thing? It's it's evidently a thing. I, I'm not aware Have of it. Have you ever heard of hot chicken? Capital is Atlanta H, known capital for H, hot chicken? Capital C in quotation marks. Well, it must be. Uh, they are fans of Hattie B's. So Hattie B's must be a... a a hot, hot bed place? of hot chicken. Okay. A hot bed of hot chicken. It sounds kind of like uh, uh, the donkey rescue place. It does, yes. Uh, so, Dr. Der- Gary Siegel, if you know a hot bed of hot chicken in the ATL, uh, please let us know, and we'll pass that along to Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. 
Um, Tim, Tim in Kansas writes, high school lunch. I attended a strong suburban high school. Remember, Rebecca, you referred to the strong suburbs on the northwest side of Minneapolis. And walking to lunch was a common practice. Godfather's Pizza, Chi-Chi's, if we were feeling fancy. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, I mean, Godfather's and Chi-Chi's. churros at Chi-Chi's? I don't know if you get we churros. Had a churro. uh, we had a Chi-Chi's. If you can't find a hotbed of hot chicken, you want churros at Chi-Chi's, right? Well, we didn't have it. Well, the Chi-Chi's was like a 35-minute drive away. But- and when you were in high school, our Spanish field trip, of course, was to Chi-Chi's <laughs> to have a Mexican lunch. And you got the uh, baked ice cream um, for dessert. And regarding kids in coats, Tim writes, a common argument with my teenage sons is what constitutes a coat? Specifically, is a hoodie a coat? You can imagine how the two sides fall on this topic. Uh that comes from Tim from Kansas. Tim, thank you. Rebecca, is a hoodie a coat? No, of course it's not a coat. A hoodie's something you wear underneath your coat. Exactly. Uh, Mary writes, saw this in the top 10 holiday park, communal kitchen in Kingston, New Zealand, and thought of you. Thought of you, Steve, is the uh, header. Having a fabulous time. Mary, your resident Husky Eagle, and what it is is a, a flame stop fire blanket. Look at this, Rebecca. It's it's uh, it's on the on the blanket. It's an emergency blanket in a red pouch. One, pull tags downwards to remove blanket. Two, hold in upright position, protect hands. Three, gently place completely over fire. Four, turn off heat source. Five, leave to cool. Six, contact fire brigade. And and there's a line drawing of a man with a blanket throwing a blanket over a flaming pot on a stovetop. It's interesting. So you th you put that on first before you turn off the heat source. Well, of course, because if you do try to turn off the heat source, you might get burned by the flame. So it'd be a good thing. We have a, a fire extinguisher under our kitchen sink. It probably um, wouldn't be a horrible idea to have the flame, flame blanket. Stop, flame blanket? Yeah. Uh, well, in New Zealand. Well, next time you're in New Zealand, pick one up at the airport, would you? I will. There's actually a player on Washington State. Um who's from New Zealand. I was listening to her yesterday. Well, 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 Pac-12 media if, day. If, if you call one of her games, will you say, throw a fire blanket over her? She's red hot. She's throwing flames. She's a flamethrower. Yeah. Well, that would be a pitcher, I think. But she, no, she's, I think she's, she's hot. Still... She needs somebody. The opposing somebody, team needs can, to throw a fire blanket over her. You can throw flames as a shooter, can't you? I suppose you could. Yeah, you can, you can if I say you can sure. on a game. Hi, Restiva writes Ralph in Maryland. In elementary school in Darien, Connecticut, students were allowed to go home for lunch and on occasion, I did. Go home for lunch, Rebecca. That's interesting. As a practical matter, only those who walked to school could do it. I will not comment on whether it is a strong suburb. Darien. Does, does Darien constitute a strong suburb, Rebecca? No. What's it a suburb of? Huh? What's it a suburb of? Greenwich? It's a, well, it's a distant suburb of New York, I think. I think people in Darien would like to think of themselves I as... I would call it... I wouldn't call it a strong suburb, but it soft suburb okay i took the bus during junior and senior high school and do not remember if anybody went home for lunch time allowed for lunch was also an issue we could get twinkies and cupcakes for extra money so the need for going out was to an extent obviated and, and indeed rebecca high school lunch we had little styrofoam cups with milkshakes do you have did you get shakes with no. a little with a little uh straw spoon thing the the the, the spraw the strewn what do you no. call those things you know with the, the straw that has a little spoon thing at the end you had milkshakes at oh, your yeah, high yeah. school lunch oh heck yes we didn't 
I do not think AM radio is going to be end anytime soon, but as Steve noted last week, many radios do not have AM dials, nor does my new mobile phone. It is handy to pick up the Mets game from WFAN in New York City on the way back from the Huskies versus Terps game in College Park last June. I listened to the Orioles game on the way in. Uh, yeah, that's true. You can get you know radio broadcasts on your phone. I, I, I That's one way of getting AM radio, I guess, is, is um, get any radio on your phone or on your laptop. Sometimes I will just tune into a random station like in some it, random it, place it, it in the world. It's a two-step process or multi-step process. You get the get it on your phone. You hook up your phone to your car. It'd be so much easier to just find, go from FM to FM2 to AM if that is the progression in your car and just have the AM radio go through your speakers, right? The, uh, the, You're not even listening to what well, I say. But I'm listening. Just say right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Ever since you contradicted my uh, suggestion on throwing a flame blanket over the New Zealand <laughs> player i'm I'm a little i'm tuning you out okay hello mr mom and mrs dad writes kevin last week rebecca wondered if there was an ideal duration for events like athletic contests movies or plays yes it turns out that william shakespeare provided a very good guideline in the prologue of romeo and juliet in it he writes about two hours traffic of our stage i mean shakespeare had an answer for everything he anticipated uh you know 500 600 years of of our That's the literary spot. needs. 145 to two hours, absolutely. Two hours traffic for our stage. That's, that's phenomenal. I mean, uh, and he's right. Mm-hmm. Two hours is what is what uh, is the window for an NBA game on TV, for a college game that you call on TV, for a, a English Premier League soccer game on TV. That's about the right amount of time. It should be. We've been watching a lot of NBA, and it's not even drags, close to yeah, two yeah. hours. It's I think, like I think, two and a half. I think the first quarter of uh, of the Nets home opener was 37 minutes or something like that. Sounds right, yeah. Um, it's too long. Too long. During my work in theater, writes Kevin, I have found that two hours seems to be the ideal length. My personal preference is one hour for the first act, a 15-minute intermission, and 45 minutes for the second act. Yes, the shorter second act mm. is key. Yes. Yeah, you know, you're starting to... You're starting to lose uh, stamina. If I am in the audience and I am tempted to check my watch within the first 30 minutes, that usually means we're in for a long evening. You remember when the uh, the Timex triathlon was the watch of choice, the only yeah. backlit watch that yeah. on the market, as mm-hmm. far as I knew, and, and it had the button that said Indiglow. And I would find myself in a movie, overlong movie, looking at the Indiglow, you know, to see what time it was and how much time was left. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's still 17 minutes of running time left on this thing. That's never a good sign. Certainly, there's there are exceptions. As Steve noted, Hamilton is significantly longer than this, but it is a riveting spectacle, and no one in the audience is likely to be checking their watch. Your mileage may vary, but I tend to agree with Shakespeare. I'm interested to hear what other viewers may think on the subject. Thanks, as always, for keeping things fun and interesting. I never check my watch while viewing B and C. Well, that's nice. All the best, Kevin. Kevin, thank you. Um, I think the sweet spot probably is uh, 145 to, to two hours. Yeah. Right, and I'll add women's basketball, college, and WNBA almost always fits within that time frame. Uh, George in Columbus writes, um, "Hello, how c- George. We're starting and almost ending, both talking about George." George writes, "How can you account for its enduring appeal?" One source offered this analysis. I'm not sure what he's referring to yet, but let's we'll see. Find out. Yeah. It was created quote as an affirmative statement about traditional American values, as an act of reassurance. 
The two people, living in their sturdy, well-crafted wooden house, armed with their down-to-earth qualities of resilience, fortitude, and pride, represent those who are most likely to overcome the hardship. The author, writes George, is referring to Grant Wood's masterpiece, American Gothic. But perhaps that same description applies to your podcast. Ah, this this explains his his choice of this year's themed pumpkin, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. To your listeners, Ball and Chain is a weekly act of reassurance that traditional American values still include include humility, kindness, and the ability to laugh at ourselves. Well, that's very kind of you, George. In recognition of your fifth anniversary, this year's podcast pumpkin, Connecticut Gothic, is an attempt to celebrate the core values of the podcast. Sadly, it is not my best work, writes George. I, I, on, I, on, I oh, contraire, yes. I beg to differ. These images modeled from Rebecca's Liberty poster and your monocle picture look nothing like you, so maybe consider it an abstraction. Well, I, I, I mean, I think, I think we're now, if we are now straying into abstract art or, or modern art, uh, all the better. You know, this is really getting into, George is really exploring the gourd art space here. Mm-hmm. Steve, I submitted. I substituted the pitchfork for a tool more familiar to you. I noticed the pitchfork had been replaced by a pencil. And because I didn't want anyone to get hurt, special thanks to my daughter Katie for helping with the stencil. The pumpkin is in the mail and should arrive by the middle of the week. It has just arrived an hour before we started recording this, George. This is one the kids really should smash. Uh, happy Halloween, George and Columbus. George, it's it's phenomenal. He he. Includes a picture of the pumpkin uh, pre-shipping, obviously. And, and I have to say, it held up phenomenally well in shipping. It did. So uh, thank you, George. Um, it really is uh, amazing. Uh, Bob in North Carolina writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, on episode 225, the question arose about crinkle-cut foodstuffs other than French fries. That brought, I mean, Rebecca, the the number of, the, the variety and depth of the questions we pose on this podcast. Uh, I, I Sometimes I forget them until they are responded to in viewer mail. Exhaustive for, or exhausting? Uh, a, a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, but on episode 225, a question arose about crinkle-cut foodstuffs other than French fries. Uh, that brought to mind the short-lived 1970s phenomenon known as I hate peas. See picture attached. These were peas disguised in a French fry-shaped stick. According to the website, uh, and he encloses a link, the same company also produced I hate corn, I hate broccoli, I hate spinach, and I hate carrots. And indeed, here is a box of I hate peas. If your family hates peas but loves crisp French fries, try new I hate peas, the new way to get vegetable goodness. And they are indeed, Rebecca, uh, crinkly cut mm-hmm. sh- uh, peas, I guess, Shaped as French fries. Yeah, they look like those um, tricolored veggie sticks. Veggie something. Sticks, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's probably what. That's probably exactly what they are. Uh, I'm sure. And and I mean, who would have, who would have, who would have kept a box of this stuff? Not. I mean, the, the box is flattened. It's it's the stuff is no longer. But a a food packaging box from the 70s, Rebecca. Yes. Who, uh, how does that survive various clean cleanouts over the last 40 years? Yeah, I don't know. Two, seeking your advice, should I change my ball and chain handle to bomb to Bob the Bomb Diggity? Absolutely you should. Bob the Bomb Diggity. In the interest of wordplay, I have long used Bob, your simplest of palindromes, and yet it is tempting to go with something that Rebecca claims you can't say without smiling. Eagerly awaiting your reply, 
I'm perhaps. smiling right now. Not even, and I didn't even say it. I just heard you say it. He signs off, perhaps the artist formerly known as your simplest of palindromes, Bob in Huntersville, North Carolina. I, Bob, I think uh, Mom the Bomb Diggity has spoken. Lori writes about coats at school. Uh, Lori, uh, this is Tough Schist, writes, Steve and Rebecca, I have a great niece that goes to high school in Lafayette, Indiana. She carries her book bag and coat to all classes. The school has lockers, but the students have to rent them. Have you heard of this? It seems crazy what? to me. I have heard of this. They I have, have to rent lockers? Well, renting the lockers is, is ridiculous, but but carrying the coat from classroom to classroom, um, I, I, I know I know one of our children has done it because she didn't have time to go to her locker after a drop-off, um, and that ends up becoming an excuse to not wear a coat, which is, you know, if I don't have time to go to the locker when I get to school, then I have to wear the coat around or carry it around. But I haven't heard of running. Is she she sure that she's not going to school in a a 1970s airport or a bus station? Because those are the only places I remember you renting lockers. Is this at a public school? You can't. It can't possibly be. Well, even at a private school, why would would it be any different? Is it it like more expensive for the for the locker? That's the more appealing position. Like if you're a corner locker, you're an upper locker versus lower locker. I cannot believe that schools rent. Lockers. We have educators listening uh, listening to this podcast, and perhaps some of them, and, and people who have been to school, uh, not not perhaps not not very many grades, but uh, perhaps somebody in the listening audience has had to rent a locker or has heard of renting lockers. I, I, I mean, at the bowling alley, perhaps, but at at, it at school, it sounds awful to me. At school, it doesn't sound like it makes. I can't imagine what that reason would be, but I'm sure there. I'm sure there was. There is one. Finally, Rebecca. Uh, Doctor Gary Siegel writing. Uh, more than a week ago now. Okay. Yeah, and did he it, it, listen and not send us a second? Oh week? yeah, yeah. He's, okay, he's, good. He's, he took the week off. He took the week off. Okay, I'm sure good. he was. Uh, I'm sure he was happy. Happily took the week well, off. Well, right, exactly. Uh, dear Rebecca and Steve, for once, it is only 8 p.m. Monday night. Now, this is Monday, going on nine days ago. As I start my note to the podcast, Mrs. DGS and I were thrilled to have had our daughter and her three-year-old daughter for the weekend. I'm typing as Mrs. DGS is now reclining a bit as grandparents are wont to do after chasing three-year-olds. Uh, what What is the uh, the uh, Sandra Boynton? One is wonderful after a crowd. Yes. Right? Uh while I am certain that our hosts and viewers are all raising their children with all of the best intentions and skills, my daughter and son-in-law are extraordinarily careful and conscious of how they're raising her, teaching her to use a calm voice when upset, to be polite, etc. While her four-year-old cousin, her other granddaughter, is an adorable hot mess and typical for her, <laughs> for her age, the three-year-old is as proper as a gentlewoman in England, perhaps because her father is English and her mother lived in London as an adult for several years. I hope that uh, I wonder if that hot mess has had hot chicken, Rebecca, when <laughs> when she visits the ATL. Right, maybe. I hope that the viewers have not suffered excessively wondering about two newborn boys and three circumcisions reported in the last podcast, or whether there is a baby pool in the women's health area of the hospital. With all that said, here are the answers and more. One, the third circumcision was bo- performed on a third newborn boy delivered the day prior to my assumption of duty. Circumcisions in the hospital are typically done no sooner than a few hours after birth. To a day or two later. In Judaism, it's a religious ceremony at eight days, a Brit Mila, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, also commonly known as a bris, 
in which the ceremony is followed by a typical celebratory meal. For wondering viewers, many guests watch, many do not, and sometimes the mothers of youngsters peer around the corner, cringing and tearing up a bit while hold, holding on to each other. Mm. Two, I have not been at a hospital where we've had any betting about the number and gender of babies being born over a given time frame. Pregnant employees, however, typically are subjected to lotteries, guessing the weight of their babies once born and or the actual delivery date, much like I suspect goes on in many workplaces. Were, were, were any of our kids ever the subject of of uh, any any betting? Do you remember? Due date? So. I don't think weight? so. Weight? No? No, I don't think so. No wagering? No. Three, the baseball report is, that, well, I mean, I, I can say now that uh, I can predict how these will go because this is all, all gone. The Phillies eliminated the Braves 3-1 by simply outplaying them. The Braves' starting pitching with one exception was out of character in that three starters had a combined ERA of 14.08 over seven and two-thirds innings. That's not good, Rebecca. The hitting was absent with a batting average of 180 in the series. Lastly, superstar Ronald Acuna Jr. did not play his position well when catcher uh, J.J. He writes JL, it means JT Real Muto, hit the very first postseason inside the park home run by a catcher. See attached diagram. There's an, there's an attached diagram. Rebecca, uh, um, uh, interesting. So um, I agree with Steve. 12 teams in the playoffs after 162 games is a bit excessive. Lastly, the radio broadcast, which I prefer for the audio portion, is one pitch ahead of the video on TV, which means that you can close your eyes early on bad plays. That's that's a that's a nice little benefit. Yeah, sometimes when I watch NBA or WNBA games, I have the the stat page up, and that's ahead as well. So you're seeing the um, future. I can see, yeah, free throw made, free throw missed, whatever. Um, Twelve teams being too much. Is Dr. Siegel is a Braves fan? I watched more Mets games than anything this year. They finished um, Braves number one in the National League East. The Mets number two. The Phillies third in the National League East. I Phillies could very well win the World Series and imagine World Series you're the best team in baseball for 2022 but the third best team in the National League East obviously that's not how it works but um, but the Phillies are they're the they're I mean the Astros haven't lost in the postseason as we as we have this conversation but the Phillies have been really exciting and uh, and also red hot four crinkle cut fries Indeed were purchased, but the brand was a fancy one. Alexia, as recommended by our daughter. Or Ida, apparently not good enough for that millennial. Alexia. A, not Alexa, but Alexia. A-L-E-X-I-A. That was the fancy brand of crinkle-cut fries, Rebecca. Nice. Five, a recent podcast mentioned the absence of hitchhikers. We saw one today on the shoulder of the highway while traveling to the airport. Do you suppose Dr. Siegel was flying Delta or... Or Southwest. Southwest, yes. Depends who, who made, made the, the reservation. reservation. Six, Steve, your car has AM radio and an owner's manual. Best of luck. Well, that's uh, wow. It's a little harsh, Doctor Siegel, but I, 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 I understand. I, I, I deserve that. Harsh but fair. Seven. Rebecca's tone when discussing the fire in the kitchen had a unique combination of humor, motherhood, and disbelief. Along with the viewers, I understand clearly that you had a napkin or flammable object in your hand, and getting it out of your hand was instinctual, albeit. Not into the best place possible. So I didn't have a I didn't have a New Zealand fire blanket, Doctor right. Siegel. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rectify that. Eight. Coach Corso does does want to remind you that the number two pencils are Dixon Ticonderoga brand. Recall that he was or is connected to the company in the off season. A picture is attached for your reference, and indeed there is a a uh, Ticonderoga Dixon Ticonderoga, the classic 
green uh, emblazonment, emblazoning. I don't know if it's emblazoned, if it's imprinted, what it is on the uh, on the stem, if that's what you call that part of the pencil. Nine, lastly, thanks again to our fine hosts and to Denny. And next week's report will come after the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin. Uh, I look forward to Dr. Siegel's uh, first person on the scene report from Austin that Grand Prix was run by was won by Max Verstappen, uh, nice. but uh, but I, I know no other details about it, and I look forward to hearing uh, you know uh, what it smelled like, what it sounded like uh, from Dr. Siegel, who had presumably not boots but something else on the ground, uh, Skechers maybe mm-hmm. on the ground. We don't know what footwear he was wearing, but perhaps he'll he'll let us know. I hope so. Anything else, Rebecca? That's it. I think uh, I think Dan DeWert in Milwaukee is just finishing uh, doing the dishes now. We've given him sufficient time. Maybe he even had time to dry them. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but that's all I've got. Oh, there's one more. And, and I forgot to do this one last week, and I'm so sorry because I had sent it to you, and I said, this has to be a priority, and then I forgot. So I want to wish a happy, happy birthday to Charles Wanamaker of Westport, Connecticut. His birthday was October 13th, so we're a little bit late. Um, But we appreciate you listening to the Ball and Chain podcast. And uh, your daughter, Lynn, wanted us to wish you a happy birthday. So happiest birthday. Or perhaps we're a little early. Oh, true. Exactly. It's the first podcast. He's now 82. The first podcast this 82-year-old man has ever listened to. Charles Wanamaker? Yes. Thank you, Charles. We appreciate it. And um, and his daughter, Lynn? Yes. Thank you, Lynn, as well. And uh, thank you, George and Columbus, for the pumpkin. Thank you, Denny Gallagher. Thank you uh, to the house band. And Tom DeCari, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.